0: Hello and welcome. This is friend request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 86 with my friend, Alexis Roberts. Alexis popped up on my Facebook feed and you know, those people that pop up are like you went to high school with this person and you don't remember them. You don't know who they are. Um, but you have, you know, 80,000 mutual friends. And so you just assume that you graduated with them or, or something. And, uh, and that's that's how she popped up into my life and I looked into it and she was a couple of years behind me and uh, I didn't I didn't know her and so I was curious to know uh how she knew all the people I knew and and find out about this big transformation she went through and what she was doing that made her want to friend request a bunch of people and we talk about that right in the beginning and and a lot more at the end. And I hope you guys enjoy this. I really got a lot out of this. It was really great talking to somebody that has such a nice positive outlook and uh, recognizes hard work and people. And I'm excited to introduce you to my friend, Alexis Roberts. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend?
1: Would you like to be my friend?
0: I was excited that you agreed to do this, because I don't know anything about you.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for asking. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, you're, you know, I know, I usually start with how I know people, and I know, like, we went to high school together, but you were a couple mm-hmm. years behind me, right?
1: Yeah, so I graduated in '03.
0: Yeah, so you're two years behind me, and then I don't think we had, like, any interactions, really. in in school I
1: I feel like probably just in the halls maybe in a class that was you know a a pretty well diverse class as far as the graduation year but other than that I don't think so
0: yeah well that's exciting so these are kind of my favorite ones to do because you know when you know people you like create these preconceived notions of what their life was Mm -hmm. like and and stuff like that um so Uh, with that said um hello. I'm I'm I wanted to reach out to you because you are so active and positive and um you know social media can be a very very bad thing. And yeah. You're you're active a lot in I mean somewhat of like a marketing way but then also in just a really positive way um and I like to see that and I like, I like reaching out to people that are super active on social media, uh, just to see yeah. where that came from and everything. But I want to go back in time if we could, <laughs> uh, yeah. did you grow up here in Michigan?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Born and raised.
1: Yeah. So I was born and raised. Yeah. In Clarkston, okay. um, lived all around after high school, I I moved around to like Troy, Rochester Hills. When I was in college, I went to Oakland university. Um, so yeah, just moved around. Um, my family currently is still there, but they're actually moving at the end of the month out of state. I was the first one to leave (laughs) and now everybody's dispersing. (laughs) So, um, but I always knew that I wanted to explore other areas, and so I've moved around. I lived in Denver for a couple of years, and then I've been in Florida for four and not going anywhere else.
0: <laughs> that's uh, Yeah, that's, that's quite a jump from Denver to Florida, from landlocked yeah. and mountains to beaches.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, and I've always been more of a beach girl, so all of my family and friends are like, you're doing what? You're moving where? to mountains you've never even seen a mountain what are you talking about (laughs) so yeah but it was just a cool location it was very different than Michigan and I liked visiting there the people were really nice and there was tons to do that was really what I was looking for that's
0: fine um do you have any siblings
1: I have lots oh yes
0: so (laughs)
1: Yeah, my family is actually pretty complicated, Uh, different marriages and that, but I have an older sister. She's nine years older than me. Okay. And then I have a younger brother that's 11 years younger than me. Oh, wow. Yeah. But again, different marriages. So um, like my sister and I, we have the same mom, but she's from my mom's first marriage. Okay. And then my younger brother, same dad, but- different moms. Interesting. So no blood relation between those two siblings. And then, um, I have three older stepbrothers oh. as well from my mom's third marriage.
0: A lot going on there. So <laughs> yeah, well, what's going on then when you're born, you have the, are you then living with the older sister or as an older brother, older sister, older sister. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I grew up with my older sister, my mom and dad divorced when I was about six. Okay. So I was extremely close to both parents though. That was never an issue or, or, you know, my dad has always been active, um, in my life. So I lived with my mom and my sister for most of my life growing up. And then, yeah, I've actually never lived with my younger brother.
0: (laughs) So that's, yeah, that's funny.
1: Yeah, but it, I mean, it's it's kind of nice because my older sister, she was so mean to me, like growing up, because, you know, she was nine when I was born. Yeah. She had all the That's attention That's a
0: big age difference.
1: Yeah. So she was not used to sharing the spotlight with anyone. And here comes this baby that everyone has to pay attention to. Yeah. So, yeah, she hated me for a lot of years when we were young. But, of course, I'm the little sister like, oh, I want to play with you. She wanted to no know part of it. So there was never any like phase
0: when you guys were when you were super young and she was like a teenager, she's like, "Look at my cute baby sister." It was like 3 or something. She,
1: she would say it, but it was more for like to get attention on her. Oh, okay. It wasn't so much of bragging, you yeah. know. And and we're very close now. You know, we're we're as close as can be. She's in Ohio and I'm in Florida, but you know, we're we've gotten past all of that. Basically, once I was able to start standing up for myself, that was when she started to have a little more respect for me. So, um, but then also once my mom passed, we got really close. So,
0: when did that happen?
1: Um, right after high school. Oh my God. Right after I graduated. Yeah. So I was 19, um, graduated in June, and she passed in
0: September. Oh my God. Was that so it was, a sudden thing or?
1: Um, it was and it wasn't. So she had triple bypass surgery oh, okay. and it went super well. Like she was only in the hospital for five days afterwards. And they were thinking, oh my gosh, this is a miraculous recovery. She's doing amazing. Um, <clears throat> so she had gone home and been home for about two weeks. And she was going in for her checkup with her cardiologist and she had a stroke in their office. Oh my God. So. Right down the road from St. Joe's too. And she didn't make it to the hospital. Wow.
0: I'm so sorry. That's yeah. That's crazy. Thank you. Um, yeah. It's it's
1: amazing to think she's been gone almost as long as I knew her now.
0: Yeah. Time's that's a weird thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm curious yeah. Going, going back and, and this is, I always try to stay on some sort of timeline. It never works. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm curious going back you, cause you said, um, your dad was always in the picture, but then you lived with your mom the whole mm-hmm. time. Did you guys have some sort of like arrangement where you were there every weekend or something? Um,
1: yeah, when I was younger, I spent every weekend with my dad okay. and then we would also go, um, usually we would go camping for two weeks in the summer. Gotcha. So like we would go camp out at Cedar point, hmm. for example, for two weeks, that was super common for us. And yeah,
0: I don't think you grow up in Michigan without Cedar Point stories. I don't know if that's
1: I know you can't, and it baffles me that other people haven't been.
0: You know what's funny? I've been there.
1: Never been.
0: Yeah, I've been there so many times, and I hate roller coasters. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh! Go to the arcade. I remember one year I went, and I actually like went on (laughs) roller coasters. I was like, that was fun, but I don't think I need to do that again. Um, I did it once I'm good yeah 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 there's something about uh I mean it's just like a being afraid to fly right like you're not in control and like yeah there's this like death and then you hear about underreported like accidents at theme parks and you're like no, right yeah
1: oh yeah. yeah I was always afraid of the hair because I have long oh hair, God, yeah. and you'd always oh, hear those stories God. of people like being decapitated by their hair and stuff. I'm like, oh great, that's gonna be me. I just know it. That's the way I go.
0: It's funny. It's gonna I... be like
1: final destiny. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> I just <laughs> talked to my mom about this because we went to Disney down down where you're at um, a couple mm-hmm. times when I was a kid, and one of the times we were on some like I don't know Magic Kingdom ride, and there was like a knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it called? Like a suit of armor. And the, the mm-hmm. axe comes down. It's supposed to be like a, a haunted ride sort of deal. And it's being like, oh, it's oh, going to yeah. get you. <clears throat> and I remember being yeah. on the ride and the axe came down. And I was like, bro, if I was a little taller, that would have killed me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, oh, oh, my gosh. And I don't know how accurate that is because I was like probably seven <laughs> or something. But in my mind, I was like, that came real close to my head. And if I was a not who I am, I would have, I think I would have been hit by the axe. And... I think a right. little moment. Like the yeah. They just like embed in your brain and then like, I don't like rides cause they will murder me. Like that's the, those yeah. are the ties you make. Um, but I, yes, I'm, but at the same time, if I think about having kids, I'm like, I don't want them to be afraid of roller coasters. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, right. know to, I don't know how to deal with that. Um, <laughs> off on a I actually
1: read something um, the other day that said, we only have two fears that we're actually born with everything else is all about your upbringing you know whether it's a good or bad fear because there are certain good fears you want them to be cautious of their surroundings for example but I mean that's like an ancestral fear and I think it's it's like um you know fear of starvation and um gosh I can't remember the other one now of course had to bring it up and I can't remember it, but anyways, if they're like, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's like creatures or something. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's amazing to see the amount of, and I have a lot of just random fears or anxieties and things. So it's, it's amazing to see and wonder where that came from. You know, did that come from something my parents said? All or right. an article we read and it's just stuck. But. Speaking
0: my language, Alexis. That's what I love diving into. <laughs> like the why yeah. why do I feel the way that I feel about this thing? I I love that. Uh, I could well, go down there. Well, I'm hours.
1: I'm a great <laughs> You can you can talk to my boyfriend, myself. That's something we talk about all the time and it's huge in our health program is kind of that why why yeah. our bodies react that way, why our minds react that way. It's part of why I love it so much.
0: Yeah. I'm excited to get into that because um, I have so many questions. But yeah. before before we get yeah. there, just kind of summarizing sure. through, through childhood, um, what was school mm-hmm. like for you? I mean, I, I know the area you grew up in, so I'm wondering what your experience was um, growing up. Yeah.
1: Um, <clears throat> school was – it was fine. It was one of those where I say I had a lot of friends – but um kind of from all different groups. Yeah. You know, I never yeah. I had a core group of friends, but I never felt like I couldn't talk to someone. And I mean, I was actually super shy. When I was little, I would not hardly talk to anybody. You know, someone that I just met, a family friend or a new friend at school. I was just very shy, but once you got to know me and I felt a little comfortable, then yeah. I was super loud and goofy and whatever. Um, so that started to change probably around middle school. So I felt like it was a, it was a good experience, uh, for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, I did have some situations in high school where I had some friends start to kind of talk behind my back and, you know, make up a nickname so they could gossip because I liked this boy and they wanted to talk about it right in front of me but me not know it was about me things like that
0: so this is um, the second time I've heard this and it blows my mind really um yeah because I, I interviewed a friend of mine Mackenzie and she told me that her mm-hmm. friends would they didn't create a nickname but they created like a different language that they could so the three of them were like best friends and they'd hang out together but then two of them would talk shit about her in front of her but like in a way so she wouldn't know it's amazing Girls are yeah. mean. <laughs>
1: they are. That's yeah. crazy. They 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 are. That's that's so interesting, but also not surprising to me, yeah. like in the least, because I'm very thankful that because one I think one of my things, one of my fears or anxieties, if you will, is I don't like to look foolish yeah. unless I initiate. I'm very goofy, but I don't like someone else to make me look foolish. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. I think that's part of where it comes from was that experience of feeling like I had no idea this was going on and it was right in front of my face. But um, I'm very thankful that a friend told me this was going on, but it was, it was the same situation. It was two of my best friends and the three of us had been best friends. And so, um, yeah, things like that. I did have a few situations like that, but overall it was a really good experience Um, looking back now and I can even touch base more on this when we talk about health program and journey and things but I've realized how much I limited my life especially throughout high school because of being self-conscious whether it be my weight or just teenage angst you know where you're just not comfortable you're still growing and trying to figure out who you are what you want Um, so I think that Looking back on it now, it wasn't as great of an experience as it really should have been. I was always jealous mm-hmm. of those people that just really took advantage or weren't afraid to put themselves out there, things like that. But still, a good experience.
0: I wonder if I can project my own shit on you. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Just, you mentioned Projectoid. being uh, being goofy, and you like to you like to be goofy, but you don't like to be you like you like to be ahead of it you don't like to be made the fool yeah. without you being in charge of that right i'm wondering uh cuz i i relate to that on a on a very large level i don't know if you remember anything about me from high school as far as like being on the announcements and stuff cuz that was
1: a little yeah uh, anytime yeah. i can
0: make an ass out of myself instead of someone else doing it uh exactly yeah. uh, it's i a wonder difference. yeah but i w- i wonder if like a chicken or the egg situation if You felt that way because, you know, it was happening and you wanted to get in front of it instead as like a defense mechanism or if you were always like goofy, but occasionally, you know, something would happen because I say I ask that because I know mine came from like my brother, an older brother, and he was an asshole. So, like, yeah, he he would call out stuff and. Uh, you know, you you had to learn good comebacks and or like self-deprecating humor. So, you know, insults or whatever could yeah. hurt you because you were already talking shit about yourself. And so I right. wonder how much of that you relate to and if if it came from that same space.
1: You know, um, now that you say it, I would probably say, yeah, I, I definitely relate to that. And it's it's funny because some of that has come full circle um, to where. I actually see the benefit, um, a retreat that I was at recently, someone draw the, or drew the parallel to the movie Eight Mile and how Eminem wants to go first yeah. and put all his flaws out there so that they don't have shit to say about him after that. Yeah. They have yeah. nothing, they have no ground to stand on. And it, it, that's something so powerful to think of putting your flaws out there so that it doesn't matter. You can go ahead and say it, but I already said it. So I I think that that is something I've just very recently, like the last month, started to come around to and see how powerful that can be. But yeah, I, I had my uncle, my godfather, he was always teasing me constantly, trying to toughen up my skin. And I was super sensitive and I was shy. And so he really did help me develop a wit and be able to have good comebacks and you know humor and things because i had to adapt in that situation it was either just cry or be bummed out feeling like someone was picking on me
0: yeah
1: or i could come back with it and so i did adapt to that but I think sometimes there were some triggers still every once in a while, like
0: the well, that, situation that's the in flip high side of it, right? Like that's the, the flip yeah. side is you say enough shit about yourself. You're going to start believing. <laughs> so then there's that. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I've I called myself a loser for years. And until like last year, I really believed I was a fucking loser. So yeah, <laughs> that,
1: right. Yeah. The, yeah that's the, the
0: downside. Double-edged sword. Um, yeah. <laughs> so other than, other than that, though, uh, did you do any like extracurricular stuff? Like, a, um, how were you as a student?
1: Um, I was a good student. Um, I had to work really hard at it. Like certain subjects I was really good at. English always came super easy to me. So I was often in like AP English classes and things like that. Um, but I did do, like, I wanted so badly to be in drama. I took drama class, but that was the extent of it. That was me being self-conscious. I was not willing to even try. I'm, I'm that type of person and this is slowly changing, (laughs) but, um, I'm that person that I wouldn't even try if I thought there was a possibility I'd fail. Yeah. So trying out for something and potentially, again, being made a fool of or just not doing it correctly or whatever. Um, I also wanted to play tennis. Never did that. So I really didn't do. I was involved with volleyball, but I I tried out in middle school, didn't make the team. And after that, I was like, oh, I'm just going to be a manager. It's going to be great. You know, but deep inside, I'm like, you're not good enough. Yeah. So um, I didn't really do. Anything. Those were some of the things that I just really wanted to, but just couldn't bring myself to do it.
0: I relate to so much of that because, like, I I got into a musical my freshman year, and the second there was any critique of like my performance, um, I quit. (laughs) I just just quit. Shut down. Um, Yeah, I was like, "Nope, nope, can't do that. And then. I did make up for it. Like senior year, I got into an actual play and like followed through on it and and did it. But oh, that's awesome! Um, yeah, I it's a very fuzzy memory. <laughs> I'm Sure, that's like yeah. surrounding high school events, but it's uh right. I definitely relate to that. Yeah, the minute you get any critique, because it, it's so fragile, right? Like you you're already self conscious yeah. about achieving that. And if you get it and someone's yeah. like, you're not doing that right, <laughs> broken. Yeah, um, it's
1: so hard yeah. to compartmentalize yeah. that and not take it personally and say, it's it's just an act or a task that you're doing. It's not, you are not right. Yeah. You're not enough. It's that task is not being done right. And I mean, it's, it's taken most of my life to get to that point. And like I said, I would be afraid that, you know, oh my gosh, what if they hate it? What if they hate what I do and so I wouldn't even try and just more recently in the last year, I've worked really hard to start thinking of it the opposite way. What if they love what I do? What if I inspire them to change something about this character that I'm playing or whatever it may be? And that, I mean, it's a lot of work to do that. But once you start to think that way, it's really empowering. Still a work in progress.
0: <laughs> yeah, aren't we all? Um, <laughs> so, getting getting out of high school, getting the, you said you went to OU. What what was that like? Were you did you do the dorm thing? Were you living at home?
1: So I lived at home. Um, well, so right after a couple of years after, I actually went to Oakland Community College first okay. and got my associates there, and. Immediately after graduating, I got an opportunity to work retail for the Super Bowl, oh, no. and so it was down oh, in Miami. Nice. Yeah, really, really great experience. And I've done several events over the years, but because um, the company they do Super Bowl, Final Four, um, the All Star Game, and something else that I didn't really work. Those were really the only ones that I worked but it was moving to Miami, Fort Lauderdale area for about five months. And I'm like, well, I just graduated. They want to move me down there. Yeah. I'll live in basically it was like real world, like living in this house with seven or eight other people. that I, I knew one. So I'm like, okay, well, I don't know. I'm 21, 22 by this point. Why not? Yeah. I guess try it out. And it yeah. was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work. It was, you know, about fourteen-hour days typically, and so I mean, it was a lot of limited sleep over time. I I still look back on it. And I'm like, I don't even know how I survived that. Because you were twenty twenty one, uh,
0: man. That's <laughs> yeah. Can yeah, pretty much do exactly. anything at that age. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. So it was, it was great. That was actually my first stint of living in Florida. Um, it was a short one, but you know, it was a, it was a good time. And so when I moved back to Michigan, um, I had planned to move back to my mom's house, but my stepdad who had been living there still, um, he stopped paying the bill. And so it was foreclosed on. So I ended up moving in with my sister for about only about a month. And then I got an apartment with my cousin. And so when I went to OU, I lived there for half of my career at OU. And then I moved into my uncle's, um, the one that teased me all the time. I moved into his house with my other cousin because they had a bunch of room and I could live there for free. And it was 10 or 12 minutes from OU, yeah. so it was, perfect as far as that goes. So I lived there for the majority of the time.
0: That is a lot of different family situations and dynamics. Yeah. (laughs) Um, A lot. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, but I am curious if we could go back. I don't want to skip over, uh, losing your mom. Like what, what does that look like at the time on your end?
1: Oh yeah. Um, so I was 19 and That's really like such a developmental stage of a person. So I felt even a little bit more lost maybe because you're already trying to figure out who you are, where your life is headed. And like you, excuse me, I didn't know what exactly I wanted to do. I had all these interests, but I'd be interested for a couple of months and then I'm like, eh, maybe not I'll try this. So, um, When I was in high school, I did a co-op for cosmetology, so I would actually leave school for a couple of hours and, you know, do that. But it was always just, this is something on the side I could do while I'm going to college. It wasn't my end-all, be-all dream. So um, I stayed at my mom's house with my stepdad and one of my stepbrothers and just live there for a while while I started college. I did not do well. Uh, my first few semesters in college, I dropped a lot of classes. I failed one or two. I don't even remember. Honestly, the the two years after my mom passed are a complete fog to yeah. me. I, I really don't. Well, that's I remember bits of-
0: like how you process that and, and what that looked like. Cause that's that's, uh, that's rough. I mean, what kind of relationship did you have with your mom growing up? Were you guys super close? Oh, she was
1: best friend. Yeah. Yeah. She was my best friend. Um, Super, super close, especially because, you know, with my sister being older, she moved out fairly early. I I, I can't remember exactly when, probably 19, 20, 21. So it had just been me and my mom for several years. And then when she got remarried, It was kind of a weird relationship where they just, I think it was more she didn't want to be alone after I went off to college. And so um, they didn't have a ton of common interests. So it was more my mom and I would hang out and he would just kind of like watch Discovery Channel or, you know, things like that or work in the garage. Um, So, yeah, she was my best friend. Super close. Um, It was it was a lot of denial at first. Um, You know, like once I got to the hospital and we're sitting there waiting and then they came in and told us and everybody else broke down. My aunt, my stepdad, you know, they broke down when they told them and I just sat there like, okay. And then she woke up and you saved her, you know, that kind of mentality. Um, A lot of dreams. I would have dreams all the time that she like worked for the CIA and she was in witness protection. And so she came back, those types of dreams. Um, It was really difficult to think that it was okay to be happy after a while. That was really tough because you felt guilty. And then just the idea of everyone else moving on around you was very strange to see. So, um, I actually tried to pull away. Do you feel like your
0: world should have like stopped to some degree? And when you saw other people, Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. And so my, my initial way of kind of dealing with it, or I guess it, it spurred this sort of new fear for me that I don't want to be close to anyone because the idea of losing someone else that I love would break me. I would not be able to handle that. So let me just pull back yeah. and not be close to them, shut them out a little bit. Thankfully, the, the ones that really love me, you know, wouldn't let that happen. They're like, yeah, you can try and do that, but we're still gonna be here yeah. and we're gonna keep being here. So um, yeah, a lot of insomnia. Um, one of the best things that I didn't know at the time but has since shown itself. So she passed in September. In December, I was really lonely, but again, didn't want to really connect with anyone. Um, And I had insomnia. So I started going into chat rooms a lot because that was a nice way that I could kind of connect with people. Um, And I actually met my now boyfriend in a Yahoo chat room back in 2003. Oh man. And we oh. were I know, I really spent, dating. I spent a lot hey, of time
0: <laughs> in chat rooms in 2003.
1: Right. That's yeah, funny. everybody did. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but we were we were always just friends. He was always that that gentleman that he wasn't like send me pictures or, yeah. you know, things like that. <laughs> we were just good friends. Um and it worked out well because I was not sleeping hardly at all. He worked nights. So we started talking a lot and we started talking on the phone and we were really good friends for a lot of years. Um, until he started dating a girl that was just very jealous. You know, you can't talk to any of your girlfriends and yeah. we all know the type it happens. Yeah. So it was, that was really tough because he was one of the first people that I really kind of let in. But, um, I never we like he lived in wisconsin i was in michigan we were 19 and 20 you don't think about a long distance relationship so it wasn't even on our mind whatsoever um but yeah and then we lost touch for a few years except on facebook we reconnected and started talking a lot again and holy shit, we have feelings for each other and oh my god you're the one like what happened (laughs) yeah but just crazy 18 years
0: you guys, dry January is just around the corner, and if you are not drinking, or hey, maybe you're just like me and you just don't drink, but you also want awesome beer, please visit Wellbeing Brewing. They're based out of St. Louis. Not technically St. Louis, but right next to St. Louis, and they have some amazing beers. My personal favorite is the Intentional IPA. Comes in a nice 16-ounce can, fills my gigantic hand. It's perfect, and it's called Intentional IPA, Intentional IPA and my... New Year's resolutions are going to be intentional. So you see how I tied that together? It's perfect. So check them out. Wellbeing Brewing. You can save 10% on your order by using code FRIENDREQUEST. F-R-I-E-N-D-R-E-Q-U-E-S-T. request. It's the name of this show, guys. Use that at checkout. Save 10%. Enjoy dry January. All right, back to the episode. You point out something that I think is worth talking about a little bit it's i just had this conversation with my wife um where there's these relationships where yeah the girl in the relationship is like you can't talk to any other girls like you no longer have friends that are of the opposite gender. yeah uh and and i think that works yeah. the opposite way too where guys are like no you can't talk to other guys blah blah and um, yeah. mm-hmm. i've never subscribed to that um mm-hmm. and it's like it's definitely burned me <laughs> in the past but at the same time, like yeah. I, I've always had more um, women for friends than than guys, because that's I'm not uh-huh. like a guys guy. I still uncomfortable around like in a group of men. I'm like I don't know how to act. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but like a group of women, I'm I'm 100 just comfortable myself. Um, yeah. So it's it's always funny about that, and I'm wondering. I don't know. I guess what your theory is. (laughs) I just, I think it's worth talking about because it seems like you don't believe in that. And, and I think it's so strange.
1: (laughs) It's, it's really, it's, I think it's an insecurity and a trust, you know, that's, that's one thing that Sean and I both talked about before we started dating one, because he had been through that and I hadn't really with anyone I dated. Well, no, that's a lie. I guess I did. I, I kind of block out this one guy I dated for a minute. Um, but that's actually why he broke up with me was because he thought I wanted to date this other friend of mine. And I said, okay, well, you know, I've tried to tell you no, but if that's really how you feel, then okay. Okay. And the next day, Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, Nope, Nope. Too late now (laughs) it happened. Um, He did me a favor on that, but (laughs) no, I, I think it's, it's a big trust thing. Um, you know, both Sean and I, we, we have a lot of, I have a lot of guy friends and he has a lot of female friends, both locally and all over. So, um, it's, it's just something that we know we're not going anywhere, no matter what temptations come in, um. We do have our celebrity uh, freebies, but that's it.
0: <laughs> Don't we um, all? Other yeah.
1: than that, right, but uh, <laughs> you know, if if I told him if Jennifer Love Hewitt comes in your life and she says, "All right," I mean, I I'm not gonna try and compete. Yeah. I'm not gonna. If anyone do from it. the
0: cast of Party of Five shows up at my house, um <laughs> <it's just laughs> call yeah. the day. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> that's super funny. So. Yeah. You uh, you bounce around between families' houses, uh, you go to OU, yep. and then mm-hmm. how long after OU, Or oh, go ahead, you look like.
1: <laughs> I was just going to say, so um, I actually studied psychology okay. for most of the time. I was at OU, and then I got to statistics. I've always been horrible at math, and I think it was from a drunken concert that I broke my ankle or fractured it rather. And so I missed a couple of classes and you can't miss a statistics class. You're just screwed. So um, I was like failing basically for the second time. And I'm like, well, this is not going to happen. So I might as well move on and went for English. Cause that's like the easiest degree that I could get. So <laughs> I'm like, well, basically starting over credit wise in a lot of ways, but I loved all of my psychology courses. I still think about a lot of things just when it pops up in my mind, but um, yeah.
0: I just took a statistics class uh, two semesters ago and I was like, "Eh." (laughs) and it's, I love math. I'm, I'm, I'm good at math. Statistics actually interest me in the way that I'm like, I'll be sitting there and be like, I wonder how many other people are like, sitting in bed and drinking a sparkling water right now. Like I just random statistics <laughs> that are actually immeasurable. Yeah. But uh I'm always wondering yeah. about those things. Um because my mind is weird. it sounds uh, like Sean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but I, I yeah I, I definitely understand if you miss a class mm-hmm. yeah yeah because you find out about a new like method every every class yeah. and then so if you miss one you're kind of screwed. Um yeah Mm-hmm. So you switch over to English, you graduate OU. Yep. Where, where, mm-hmm. What's after that?
1: So after that, um, I got a job really pretty quickly, a couple months after I graduated at Kelly Services, working at one of their headquarter building in Troy. What is that? So, and it was just a staffing agency.
0: Oh, okay. Gotcha.
1: Services. Yeah. So I was a temp and it was basically just a data entry position, but it paid pretty well. It was 40 hours. I'm like, all right, well, maybe we'll see. It'll work for now. It's nothing fun or glamorous, really. You know, it's just an entry. Um, but I, I started to get a little bit of interest in some of the things that they were doing. And I started making a lot of friends. Sorry. My headphone is like popping out. Um, so it was okay. It was, a, it was an all right job. It paid the bills. So I could afford to move out, get an apartment with a friend. And it worked out well. Um, and I never expected to stay. But I kept getting promoted. So um, I actually still works. work for Kelly Services. I know. <laughs> yeah. So 11 years later, I'm still there. And it baffles me. I'm like one of those rare unicorns that has more than two or three years at a job experience. Yeah. That's really rare. I can say that from being from the staffing industry. Yeah. Um, you don't see that very often. It's, it's just not, it, it just doesn't really work, you know, for a lot of people now. You actually are a better candidate if you have more variety Not like every six months kind of variety, but, you know, more diverse
0: understanding. I get bored in jobs. Um, Did your job take you to Colorado?
1: No. So actually, uh, (laughs) I had wanted to move out of Michigan. And I, at the time when I was living in Michigan, I started seeing someone. And it was long distance because he lived in Colorado. And, um, so there was always talk about me getting a remote position, which I wanted anyway, yeah. I had wanted for years, yeah. but they didn't have a lot of opportunities at the time to be remote. Yeah.
0: Was there not and a pandemic so I, at that point? They-
1: <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You actually had to like, wait for it, watch yeah. for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I was, you know, kind of working towards that at the time, cause I was still working at like the headquarters in Troy. And um, he and I, I guess, broke up, if you want to say it that way. Um, Essentially, he ghosted me, just like randomly after I had visited out there. So I was like, all right, cool. Totally brokenhearted and just devastated because at the time, it really seemed like that was the relationship for me and the the one. Um, So thankful now. So thankful. Um, Yeah, but so I had this thought in my mind that, okay, it's just the distance. That's all it is. It's just because we don't live, you know, in the same state. So I really liked it out there anyway. I think I'm still going to move out there and maybe it'll work. And so I moved out there and by that time we had started to become friends again. Oh, because we worked together. I forgot to mention that. (laughs) So that was fun. And I moved out there and I mean, we sort of started something again, not really. And then again, it was like, oh, I ran into an ex and I don't think this is going anywhere. So I'm going to go with her. Um, that time I was totally fine. I was like, well, I tried, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm not even going to cry this time. Like I cried enough last time. So I'm good. I'm going to Cirque du Soleil. So <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> Um yeah. So it, it ended up being a, an amazing experience, but because I got a remote position, I was able to finally move out of Michigan and I made some amazing friends that I'm still super close to even now and uh, had some really cool experiences just completely on my own. Thankfully not tied to to that relationship, yeah, but just on my yeah. own. How, Started to gain a lot more independence too.
0: How long are you in Colorado for? Two years. Okay. And what, what is it like, um, you know, with your, your mom passed the, the house gets foreclosed on, um, and now you're mm-hmm. out of state. What relationship are you maintaining with, with your family, both step and, and half and like all, all your siblings and your, and, and all of them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, it was good. Um, uh, my dad and my sister both helped move me to Colorado. Okay. Which made them feel better because they got to see where I would be and things like that. It was really tough on my dad. He was so happy and so proud of me, and yet he like, I still think about it, it. Still broke my heart. The break right before he was leaving to fly back home, he started crying because he was like, "I'm so happy, but I'm so sad." So, um, yeah, I, I stayed close to them, my dad and stepmom, and my brother. Both came out to visit. My brother actually came out twice. My younger brother yeah. to visit. Um, he likes to smoke, so he was really excited to come visit Colorado. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and,
1: um, his his biggest goal when he came out there with my parents was to get my dad to smoke a blunt on a mountaintop with him, That's and funny. he did it. So super proud Hay, of him. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, that was pretty fun. So it was, it was a good relationship. My sister, on the other hand, she had a harder time with it. Um, she, it was hard to talk to me because it reminded her how much she missed me. So she kind of pushed me away for a while. And that was really difficult at first because we went from talking every day, you know, like probably every night for 10, 15 minutes to once a month. And it was, yeah, it was a, it was a big change, but she was also going through some, um, some relationship things herself at the time. So I ended up just getting used to it. I adapted to it. It took a little bit of time, but I did. And then I just had so much going on in my life out there that I was trying to make friends and join certain clubs or extracurricular type things that they do um that it it made it a little bit easier but it was tough it was tough some friends kind of dropped off when you're out of sight you
0: know
1: out of sight out of mind so you definitely realize some of that
0: yeah I've learned to not take that as harshly because uh, I think I do the same thing right like especially during this pandemic I mean shit there's <laughs> there's so many people mm-hmm. that I uh I haven't talked to in a while and they're not reaching out to me either yeah. uh, but it's not I think when it started I was probably like the fuck these dickheads aren't even calling me or anything and then right uh, but then as time has gone on I'm like well I'm not either I guess we're all just kind of yeah. like doing our own thing and, and trying to manage whatever the hell is happening right now um, <laughs> right. Just trying to survive
1: and get by. Yeah, exactly. It's
0: amazing how personal you can mm-hmm. take things, um, without giving oh, yeah, much thought. So Colorado right? takes you to Florida. You've been to Florida. You said, I'm sorry, how long? Six years?
1: Four years. Four years. Four. Um, Four. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: when, so you've been very public about, uh, like a weight loss journey that you, that you did. When did that yep. start?
1: So that was, um, April 30th,
0: May 1st of 2020. April 30th is my birthday.
1: Um, Oh, nice.
0: (laughs) Started on my, happy birthday to me. (laughs) I guess that's one thing to reference (laughs) for that. Um, Okay, so that that started like right at the beginning of the pandemic.
1: Yes, that was part of what spurred us to decide to do it then. Um, So as I'd mentioned, I had been Uncomfortable and yet unwilling to make changes. Yeah. Partially because I was always afraid I was going to fail. Because anytime I would try to lose weight or get in shape or something, I would like work out for two days and then be like, oh, I totally earned this pizza. I'm going to eat pizza now for four days. And then now I don't want to work out anymore. Yeah. Whatever the case may be, I would just give up. If I didn't see results like day two, I'm like, oh, this isn't working. I'm not going to get anywhere. Was was there
0: a period that you started um, gaining weight where you felt like it was out of your control a little? Like, when did that start?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I had always been overweight. Like, I'm literally the thinnest I've been probably since middle school now. Okay. So I've always been overweight, but not severely overweight. Um, Not morbidly obese, I guess, technically is... Say it.
0: Good old medical but terms.
1: I know <laughs> they, re- they really
0: make you feel. Uh, like my BMI is technically like four billion, and I'm like, oh, that doesn't that doesn't seem. Right.
1: That's awesome. That doesn't hurt at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, BMI is a little. Uh, yeah. You, you can't stupid. solely judge on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it doesn't quite work. But um I did start to feel like, like end of 2019 and into 2020, I was gaining weight a little faster. And in the beginning I thought, Oh, it's just because I'm in a happy, healthy relationship. They always say when you're happy in a new relationship, you put on weight. Right. So I kind of let that be the excuse for a bit. And then it was, Oh shit. No, like maybe it's all those bagels I eat (laughs) like two a day. That's probably a problem. So I did start to see it, but I started to feel it more. I started to feel like, oh my gosh, I don't, I I shouldn't feel like this at 35, 36, you know, I, I shouldn't have knee trouble or back pain or, you know, just these types of things where I'm just always so exhausted and it's not okay. So I was actually starting to think that something medically was going on like thyroid. And so I started getting tests done, um, just, you know, normal blood tests and things with my doctor in like 2018, 2019. And they're like, yeah, no, I mean, your cholesterol is like a little high and your blood pressure is a little high, but that's it. But I mean, diabetes runs in both sides of my family, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. So I always knew that they were coming for me Yeah, and I'm like, all right, well, I just didn't care. I love food and I didn't like working out. I didn't like being active. I love being lazy. So finally though, I I almost backed out of going to Disney with some friends. Um, That was February of 2020, like literally leap day of 2020.
0: Um,
1: And I thought, okay, this is not right. I was afraid of going because I had been having knee trouble And I didn't want it to act up while I was there, and have to be that friend that like was, oh, just let's let's take a break, let's sit down for a minute, and just being that friend that was like sweaty and out of breath and lagging behind. And I thought, if this is really, oh, absolutely, Yeah. yeah, I feel less. I mean, embarrassment and shame is probably one of the biggest things that I dealt with when I first started the health journey and especially sharing about it, that was really hard. Even still, sometimes it's hard to share the pictures of me before, but my goal is like, I think of me before I started, think of just that girl and how she felt and that she needs to see it. She needs to hear it. She needs to be able to relate to it. And maybe that's what kicks her in the ass to do something about it. And so, um, I just realized that I was limiting my life. And I was like, what the hell am I doing? I live in Florida. I should be kayaking. I should be comfortable in a bathing suit. I should be out in the sunshine more and active. And just, I had always felt like I wasn't celebrating my life. I wasn't as grateful when I had so much to be grateful for. But it was literally like this wall that I just could not get through. And so I'd see all these people around me saying how truly grateful they are and thankful and happy. And I'm like, I feel some of that, but not where I should. So that was the realization for me where I thought, okay, this is, this is bullshit. Like I can't live like this. I'm so happy and yet miserable. And I don't know why. So let's try and lose some weight. Like let's really try. So I, I had a friend from OU that she had been posting for like a year. And I finally reached out to her and I was like, All right, listen, I want to know what you're doing, but don't sign me up for anything. Don't sell me don't anything. Don't sell me shit. Yeah. Right. Like I'm not saying yes. I am just asking a question. Yeah. Tell me what it is, how much it is and and what I have to do. And if I can't drink coffee, we can stop this conversation right now. Because I'm not up coffee. I literally told her that and she laughed and she was like, nope, I drink coffee every day. It's all good. And so she, she told me about the program and I was like, okay, this sounds really simple. Am I missing something? And she was like, no, this, this, you, you eat food, you drink water, you lose weight. Like it's really not complicated. She's like, it's not going to be easy every day. You're going to have cravings and you're going to have this or that mental temptation or struggle because you're going to grow, but you have a whole community. You have me as your coach. You have like nutrition guidance and education around more than just nutrition about emotional eating and stress management and better sleep. Like all of these things, you have all of these, it is as simple as it sounds. And I'm like, yeah, we'll see. Okay. I'll give you a month. That's all I'm going to commit to. And I had already talked to Sean about it. I said, I, I have to do something drastic without something drastic like surgery, yeah, yeah, because I felt like that was too far. I was not that
0: overweight. Well, let me, let me ask so you that felt- too. Just yeah. you brought up surgery and I'm wondering, was there anything, was your mom's triple bypass related to her weight? Mm -hmm. Was that anything in the back of your head throughout any of that?
1: I have, well, I've since realized that she has been part of my motivation to get healthy, but more, she's more of a motivation for me to help others get healthy. Okay. Like I hadn't realized that at the time, but you know, I actually just realized it in September on the anniversary of her death. I was thinking about her and it just kind of clicked all of a sudden where I was like, Oh shit. Like, this is part of why I am so adamant about this and why I advocate so heavily because it didn't just change my life, but I wish, wish and have some regret that it couldn't have helped hers. Yeah. And so I don't want someone else to go through that when it's like, this works. It's not just some bullshit scam. It's it's not a gimmick. You don't take pills. Like,
0: yeah. That's a it's big mission.
1: Nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is. So I'm, I'm very grateful for it, but I mean, the, the mindset change even more than losing the 60 pounds and then now maintaining for, I'm, I'm really close to my one year now yeah. of maintaining that weight loss, but it's the mindset change. So many things that I just never would have even been open to or be able to see in this perspective that it's, it's just mind blowing to me.
0: What's I'm wondering too, someone that studied a little psychology in college and everything, like where, where did that come into play as far as you mentioned emotional eating? And we've talked about eating disorders a lot Mm -hmm. on the show, um, which a lot of people I think equate to thinness instead of over overeating, but you know, door swings both ways. Um, and and I wonder how much of the psychology of it plays a role in in the process and and your coaching and and all that?
1: A lot. Um, I think the, the mental side of health and nutrition is probably a lot bigger impact than most people ever realize. For example, stress management. That's one thing where I used to get really stressed out with work And I would just feel so tense and overwhelmed to the point where the idea of then, oh my gosh, it's time to eat. I haven't eaten in seven hours or something. Like, I'm not gonna cook anything. I'm so hyped up, I'm so angry because somebody sent me an email and it was rude and you know that was my perception of it, or I made it personal. I'm not gonna make food and cook and, and make something healthy if I even have anything healthy in the fridge. No, I'm gonna run out and get fast food and just sit and eat and feel bad about it. And it's just gonna continue this cycle because I'm gonna feel bad about the email and what do they mean by that? But then I'm gonna feel guilty because of what I ate. And then internally, my body is going to be like struggling with the lack of nutrition on top of the fact that I'm creating more addiction because of what's in the food. You know, the, the refined flours and the high fats or the high sugars, it literally, those things block leptin in your body, which is telling you that you're full. It blocks that release of leptin. And so you have to keep eating. Like it's not your fault, it's a chemical thing where it's like you have to just keep eating, eating, eating because you don't think you're full. Even though you were full like three cheeseburgers ago, you just didn't think that you were. So the vicious cycle of that all stems from how you reacted to an email, just your stress level. Like it's, it's a huge, huge difference when you start to implement something like one of the tools that we use is called stop challenge choose. And that pertains to food, to drinks, to how you react to someone when they say something negative to you or yeah. when you get an email, when you look at it and you're like, all right, hold, like, let me, let me stop for a second. Let me take a sip of water, take a deep breath, walk away for a split second and come back. It's just allowing your brain that extra second to think about it. And then you kind of challenge yourself like, do I really need to get that hyped up that Karen sent me this rude comment Is this a saber tooth tiger in front of me, like threatening my life?
0: Damn it, Karen.
1: No, (laughs) I know it's always a Karen. So that's not the case. You know, this is just an email. It's not a big deal. Maybe she's having a bad day. You don't know what's going on in that season of her life. So putting that aside, maybe I'm also reading too much into it. There are a lot of different possibilities there. So on top of that, it's like, well, literally Karen doesn't control my emotions, I do. I hold that power. So if I let her upset me, if say this was a rude comment and it was meant to be rude, I'm letting her have that control or that power over me. The hell with that, like I I want that power for myself. So then you're kind of challenging yourself and then you're choosing am i going to snap back at her yeah. or am i going to move forward and just try and let it go and just address the issue at hand you know not the co- the comment on the side or whatever but it works the same way with food yeah you know if you're huh. out and about and you're you're trying to be on a on a health journey or you're trying not to drink or something like that where you're just like okay let me just stop challenge choose real quick and it really does help. So yeah, there's things like be that. lot to you said about
0: the stopping, the taking a pause before you before you yeah. react. Like that's one of my favorite things in sobriety that we, that we talk about is um, yeah. and in therapy, lord help me, uh, my relationship with with my my family. But reacting instead of responding um, well, Yes. you should be responding, right? But a lot of times you just react because it's it's emotional and it's quick and it's uh, you know, that, yep. that nerve gets hit. And there's so much to be said about that stopping because then you get to take a pause and then you actually get to respond instead of react. And then it's more thought out. And then it's, uh, and there's, there's a lot exactly, that. yeah, that's very powerful. Um, I can understand why that would work. So that's yeah, awesome.
1: It's, it's very helpful. And then just the, I think one thing that I love so much about coaching is watching people just awaken themselves, you know, um, whether it's something that they hear on, because we have a community night Zoom every Tuesday night where everybody can hop on and we have one topic that we talk about, certain mentor coaches will present and some people will come on, like they'll ask me to share my story sometimes or how it's been going with maintaining my weight loss and what tips I might give someone, things like that. But then it's also giving everybody an opportunity to share what kind of victory they had this week. Well, I got to fly on a plane and I didn't need a seatbelt extender for the first time in 20 years. Like that's really powerful to hear things and it helps inspire. But anyways, um, so seeing people awaken, it's, it's awesome to have my clients losing weight. I love that. I love when they're like, yeah, I can't fit in any of my bras anymore. Like I have to go shopping today. You know, that's an awesome text to get, but, uh, I love the mental side because of my psychology background and interest where just seeing them awaken new dreams. Like I never had dreams really. Mm. I had wishes, but I never had goals. I never had dreams. I realized just recently I was never taught how to dream Yeah, and I never knew that. And so uh, like, I literally didn't realize that that was why I never dreamt, but I mean, it was, just more of, I just didn't really know how. So I now have all sorts of dreams, all sorts of goals, both personal, professional in my relationship and for other people around me, you know. Um, But so watching people awaken to that. And also I love, um, I love helping people challenge themselves to try and figure out why, like we talked about early on, why i reacted that way why my body reacted that way that's one of my favorite parts like i love listening to my clients talk and tell me well you know i I had this situation at work and then you know cecilia brought in muffins and i really wanted to say no and i tried but i didn't and just kind of like talking through that and breaking it down piece by piece and seeing why it was so easy for them to eat the muffin this time versus the three times before that they said no yeah and it's it's fascinating to me but it's amazing to be able to help people figure some of those things out and empower them to then move on from there
0: that's one of my my favorite moments about um just doing doing the show is the the little light bulb moments you see people get when you bring something up uh, um or make a connection that they haven't made before, um, which is literally the inspiration for me to, uh, become a therapist. Cause while that's not going to happen every day, uh, when it does happen, it's, it's so, it's such a great feeling to know that you were like at least a catalyst in that, in, in helping make yeah. that happen. So that's, I relate to that. And I, you know, I relate a lot to, um, not having goals, right? Like I, I never felt like I was worth anything. Um, I pretty much hated myself for most of my life. And so now mm-hmm. I have like a career goal. I'm, I'm have a educational goal. I have um, like goals that I've set for, for this and, and a bunch of other things that I'm doing right now. Cause my, <laughs> my hands are always in 9,000 things at once. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. but, <laughs> but it's, a. Uh, it's nice to have that, and I—it's literally, yeah, the first time in my life that I've had that. So I, I definitely relate to that, and it's—it's it's super powerful. It's
1: amazing, yeah, it's yeah. an amazing feeling, isn't it? Yeah, when you it's, start it's funny to think about I all the started.
0: people that are like, yeah, I've had that my whole life. <laughs> like, once in a great while, I'll talk to someone that's like, yeah, I went to high school, uh, you know, everything worked out there. Family, no one ever divorced. Brother, sister, great relationship. Went to college. Got degree in the thing that I wanted to work in. I've been in that field ever since. Everything's great, and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> like, hold on. What? I don't understand yeah. that. Um, <laughs> does, not, does not compute. Uh, but it, right. it's always uh, so. It's always interesting to hear people kind of with the same thought process as you. So, um, yeah. I think that brings us current. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is there anything yeah. you wanted to? discuss I didn't talk about or promote or anything like that
1: um I mean not not really anything else that we talked about pretty much pretty much it (laughs) I mean I don't really feel I think the only thing that I would maybe bring up is is that um anxiety I know plays a a big part in that of like having your hand in so many things and Mm -hmm. and when you do start to have so many goals. That's something that I've dealt with recently was I, I kind of got blinded by like, this is my life that I want. And, and I know what I have to do and I'm so going to get there. And that, that positivity, it can be really amazing and it can change your life. But at the same time you have to remember boundaries. And so I think that that's one big lesson that I have learned lately. I mean, I've struggled with boundaries with other things, you know, certain friendships or relationships, but not necessarily when it came to myself. And so I think that that would be one thing that I would say it's something to be aware of something to be mindful of and just not shying away from it, not like putting it in a box and thinking it's going to go away. Like, you have to grow through it. But yet my biggest lesson or my biggest, most recent lesson and goal, like the last week has been, I'm choosing not to let fear dictate my life anymore. And so that's a great notion. It's a lot of work. So it's, it's all stemming back to everything about my life. I let my health and fear because of my health and being uncomfortable in my skin, I let that dictate my life for most of my life. And I just broke that barrier and it feels incredible. I'm, I'm so empowered and so proud of myself. But to be honest, all the times that I've shared, I've really more just recently actually been celebrating myself because I was so focused on, I just have to help people. I have to help people know this is there and like I'm here to help you. I want to help you. This isn't I don't have a quota. Like yeah. we don't have quotas as coaches. It's not about that. We don't have inventory. We don't like it's nothing about that. We literally just care yeah. about people.
0: But you were still putting your side second.
1: That can have yeah. some some backlash. And so I started to experience that over the last month where like I said the the kind of blinders And I'm like, oh, okay, I can't do that. I actually need to do some self care things, or I need to keep some boundaries of like, this is me. I'm doing this for me and and my life, versus this is for my business and for helping others, or, you know, things like that. It can be meshed very well together, but there still has to be some separation. But um, just not letting fear. Even fear of anxiety, fear of like going back to an anxiety episode, if you will, not letting those things stop you and, and really hold you up because it's it's just not worth it. Yeah. There are options yeah. out there. There are opportunities for growth. And so many people, I think, and I'm sure you've encountered this a lot, as soon as they hit any resistance, that one wall where it's like, well, emotions or, oh, I don't, this, this seems like it's going to be uncomfortable. I'm just going to go back. I'm not going to do it. That is, I think probably something that it blows my mind how much that has changed about me. So putting all the weight aside, it's like that little notion of get comfortable with being uncomfortable because that's where your actual growth is going to happen. Yeah. That is something that I, I would, shout from mountaintops to people and like, <laughs> I hope that you get it. I wish that I got it 20 years ago, Yeah. but I just yeah. hope that maybe that might help you in some aspect or another because that's what's needed. It's, it's what life is about. So I think, but no, I so appreciate this. Yeah. I appreciate you
0: doing this. I, I think that's perfectly said and, and a perfect way to to wrap it up. And, uh and I, re- yeah, I'm glad that we yeah. could sit down and take some time and uh get to know someone that i didn't know you know 20 years ago
1: (laughs) right (laughs) that we were in the same school and everything but didn't actually know no i appreciate it so much and it's been great getting to know you too who knew we had so much in common especially with thought processes (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. i I love what you're doing keep doing it um and and thank you so much for taking the time and and i guess enjoy the rest of your Mm -hmm. lazy sunday (laughs)
1: Yeah, thanks. You too. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend?
0: All right. You just listened to my interview with Alexis. You guys, that was, uh that was rough, man. Like what, her losing her mom, right? That 19 and... Um, you know, I can't imagine the impact that has on somebody and it sounds like she's worked through a lot of stuff and and you know, if there's one thing I'm learning at thirty-eight years old is you're constantly finding new stuff to work through, right? (laughs) You think you solved it. But um I I love it. I, I was really glad that I got to sit down with her. And I really wanted to take some extra time in this little outro. To say Merry Christmas, uh, that's this week. If you're celebrating Christmas, thank you um, for listening. And I hope you have a Merry Christmas. My present to you is a high five. Next time you see me, say, where's my present? And I'll give you a high five. And If you say, where's my present? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, that means you're getting two high fives, bro. Um, I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you next week. Okay, bye-bye.